You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage of the television th- show Third Watch. So excited am I that I can't even say words properly, I believe, today. Uh, we are into the 16th episode of the first season of Third Watch, the episode entitled Nature or Nurture. First aired on March the 20th in the year 2000. The uh, very first episode to air after my birthday, it seems. Uh, my birthday was two days before this, so there you go. Just thought I would share that with you. Uh, this episode was written by Terry Klopp and directed by Clark Johnson. And I'm looking forward to chatting about this one. And I will start off by saying that my name is Ben and you're not my mum. And happy belated birthday, Ben. Thank you. And by the way, That's the awesome. waffles are in the freezer. Seven, 17 years too late, Brandy, but thank you. I'm glad the waffles are there in the freezer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a weird place to put them, but um, sure. Is, is that an American thing to put waffles in the freezer? Uh, the Eggo waffles, yes. Buy them in the frozen yeah, buy them in the frozen aisle and you keep them in the freezer, pop them in a toaster and they're good to go. Now, now I'm, I like to uh, take pride in the fact that I'm fairly knowledgeable about your country. I've been to your country uh, multiple times, but I'm not sure if I know what the hell an Eggo waffle is. Uh, that's kind of gone straight over my head. Is that a waffle made of eggs or what what, what is that <laughs> i don't eat waffles like that i just know it's, it's i believe it's called ego i mean it's a yellow box it's e-g-g-o right and it's popular here i don't again i don't eat waffles or, or pancakes but i see them in the aisle all the time oh it's a brand oh okay sorry yeah, I, I, yeah. I i thought it was like a type of it's, waffle but never mind it's a brand, brand. gotcha that's what, that's what people call them. <laughs> okay, I've just had to Google that just to, to kind of clarify that for myself. But um, I was just picturing, like, a white waffle because it was, like, made of eggs <laughs> or something. It sounded kind of gross, but uh, I get it. It's a brand now. That sounds gross. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, uh, now that we've uh, gone through our waffle fetish, uh, we're here to talk about Third Watch. And as I said, 16th episode, um, fairly decent uh, episode, I feel. I mean, obviously, we... Uh, coming into this and uh, had a few uh, interesting uh, episodes, but um, we obviously uh, we get a bit of a Jimmy-centric episode this time around, Brandy. We finally get a bit of a payoff, and everybody's favourite uh, side character seems to finally get an episode of his own. And they did not disappoint. <laughs> they Are you talking heat. about the opening scene, because we see, finally see Eddie Sibrin shirtless? Well, we could say that too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is a very shirtless episode, can I just say. We talked a few episodes ago about uh, shirtless Michael Beach. And boy, oh boy, does that memory stick in your head. But um, we get we get shirtless Michael Beach and shirtless Eddie Sibrin this episode. I mean, hello, this is a good shirtless episode. Hello, I mean, they just gave us a bonus this episode. <laughs> I mean. That's why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But yeah, they did not disappoint. Jimmy gets to heat this episode, so... I'm it's, it's 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 interesting, really, that uh, we get this amount of Jimmy, and we're going to get straight into this with some Jimmy, because um, what better way to start an episode than with a shirtless Eddie Cibrian? And what's better than a shirtless Eddie Cibrian? A wet shirtless Eddie Cibrian, because uh, uh, Jimmy's in the shower and he's singing Bon Jovi. Uh, I mean, what more do you want in an episode? We could just end it right here, and we're done, right? We're happy. We're very happy. <laughs> See you next week. No, we'll talk to you next weekend. There you yeah, go. thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Oz Network. 
Uh, my name's been Penn. I'm still straight, but uh, we're enjoying shirtless uh, wet Jimmy here, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but he's in the shower singing Bon Jovi. Uh, we hear Joey, uh, who kind of is like, Daddy, Daddy, what's going on? And uh, Jimmy's shocked he's awake. Uh, and then we see in the kitchen that um, Brooke's there. We, we met Brooke briefly, of course, previously. Um and as you obviously were wanting to know about the waffles, they're in the freezer because uh, there's little old Joey uh, telling Brooke uh, about the uh, waffles and that you're not my mommy. I mean, kind of awkward, I guess, but um, you know that sets up a little bit for this episode. And then after that, we uh, have Bosco driving to uh, work because why wouldn't you be? And uh, it's a bit icy; he has to pull over. Scraping some ice off the uh, the windshield, we get two guys who begin to rob him, and to which then Bosco promptly promptly robs them back, uh, forces him down to their underwear, and then drives <laughs> off. I mean, it's kind of you know classic Bosco just losing his temper and just um, you know turning this around. Um, and then we go back to Jimmy. They're watching the basketball in the firehouse. Um, whoever they're rooting for. It looks like a college game. It's not an NBA game. Um, obviously, the team that they're rooting for wins, but the player didn't cover, so he obviously has lost a lot of money because he hasn't obviously won by the margin that he wants to. Uh, the convenient time of the call that comes over the uh, the speakers, it always happens just as the game ends. So it's, it's nice that uh, you know people want to get shot uh, just after the game ends so they've got time to watch the game. And um, I also really like uh, Carlos' little moment there as uh, he kind of got, walks past Jimmy. He's like, oh, yeah, I lost $200 on the Super Bowl. I know how you feel. Uh, which I think it's funny. I'm going to cap it there. There's a few scenes obviously covered there. But, uh, you know, we, we have a nice little fun way to start this episode in between shirtless Jimmy, sad, disappointed Jimmy, and um, criminal Bosco, basically. I mean, that is hilarious. I do love how Bosco, he's, when he stops, he's like, no, I'm good. And the guy's like, you sure? And he's like, okay, I'll give you my wallet. And he pulls out the gun. Like, I honestly, like, Bosco, you expect a lot from him. You're not surprised. But this was surprising when I first saw it. I was like, okay, he just went to a whole new level. <laughs> By robbing, a cop robbing bad guys. That is new. I it like is, it. It's kind of like you, you imagine Bosco would do it, though, in a weird way, though, don't you? <laughs> You, you would. I mean, you could see it at the same time. I mean, you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you. They did it perfectly. I will say that they. Um, it was perfect. I don't, there's not much to say about that scene because I mean, it gets it gets more richer during into the episode. But I do love I do love how, like right off, like what not even like five minutes into the episode, they start with Bosco robbing some bad guys. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much straight into it in terms of what we've got the content. I, I like the line there from the criminals when he says, like, what type of scraper are you using there? And Bosco just kind of looks and he's like, a plastic one. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a gold one? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it is kind of just interesting how he loses his temper and just how he does it. Uh, and, you know, even just the fact that he, you know, makes him strip to his underwear. And the whole, like, don't look at me, don't look at me. Um, line, which, can I just point out, when he says it later on at the end of the episode, when he arrests these guys, just spoiler alert, 
wouldn't these guys recognise him? I mean, I know, obviously, it's meant to be playing up to the fact that they're dumb. But, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, no doubt, at the end of the episode. But, I mean, a lot of this episode, what is so good about it, uh, and you were trying to sell it to me there before, which I think, you know, is absolutely right, is, is kind of the Bosco stuff. And not just the Bosco stuff, the Bosco Yokus stuff. Um, yes. This is just one of their shining episodes with their, their chemistry and the way they banter back and forth with each other. Um, just so well done. And we kind of get this... Um, straight away um, when they're coming out of uh, roll call and, um, you know, Bosco's all happy. And then what, what does Yokus say? The only ever time you smile at the start of a shift is if you've had your beam wax the night before. <laughs> Which, you know, it's obviously assuming that uh, get, got laid last night or something that by, by Nicole. But, of course, uh, it wouldn't be a, a nice, convenient television episode if these guys that Bosco has just robbed the only police station that they could go to to report this crime just happens to be the one that Bosco works for. Um, I mean, of course, why wouldn't it be? In a city of, like, 10 million people, uh, these two guys just happen to go to the same police station that the guy who robbed them works for. I mean, it's, it's perfect. Of course it would be. Um, we get this scene where Bosco panics, and obviously, you know, he shoves... Yokus into the uh, the locker room. I, I love the just the lines there was like Yokus saying like you know oh what did you forget to untie Nicole last night and then when they're like in the room and and then Bosco's obviously like panic like check the stalls check the stalls and it's like oh I screwed up oh what did you do slept with the captain's daughter oh wait you already did that uh, <laughs> just like it's so good and obviously he admits to to robbing those two guys. We see that uh, Sally and Davis are in the locker room. Uh, which is which is kind of funny. I love Sully. Like I just love watching Sully in the background there when he kind of comes out of the uh, the stall. He's like doing his pants up, and he's kind of like, oh boy. And then he just like he just walks off, and he has this shake of his head. He just like he's just kind of like, oh god, Bosco, uh, you've done it again. Um, well, we have so much great stuff with these two to cover in this episode. Then after that, uh, we get this storyline that involves uh, Doc and Carlos. Obviously, it's kind of for a, for a very Jimmy centric episode. I mean, this is—I say this episode's really well done because it's kind of. Whereas most of these episodes, you've only maybe got the one focus, the real key focus, with maybe a bit of a side focus on some of the other characters. You've almost got three main focuses on this episode that you could almost argue this is a Doc and Carlos episode, this is a Bosco and Yokes episode, or this is a Jimmy episode. We're going to steer more towards this is a Jimmy episode because poor Jimmy hasn't had a bloody episode at this point. Um, so I really think we should uh, give him one here. But I mean, you know, you look at Bobby and Kim, they don't really. Kim's kind of obviously got the Joey stuff, which is there there and thereabouts. It's more tied into the Jimmy stuff, obviously. And Bobby's really nothing in this episode, I guess you could say. Bobby's the Jimmy of this episode, you would argue. Uh, and Sully and Davis are just there as well. So it's kind of um, an interesting episode, the way they spread it out. But this Doc and Carlos uh, storyline, uh, they've been called to a gang shooting. Uh, we discovered this is a kid that uh, Doc has previously worked on. His name, what's his name, like Puff Daddy or something like that? What is he, what's the first name he says? Like, what's your name? And he, he goes, no, what's your real name? I forgot his real name, but he did say Puff Daddy. And he's yeah, like, Puff Daddy's the second one, but I can't remember what he says the first time yeah. around. I just remember Puff Daddy because that stood out. Yeah, I, I, like, I like this guy. Whoever this guy is, this random street kid, I just love the way he turns around and he's like, who are you, my mother? <laughs> and it's like, no, by all means, go and get a shot as much as you want. <laughs> Just you, you can really imagine that this is what paramedics in you know situations like this would do. You know, in uh, in, in areas of of cities where obviously they're going to have to see this stuff like every single day. 
Um, so I just, I just love the way that kind of comes across. Uh, we get our random, you know, very random bobbiness in this episode where, you know, again, can we just point out two, how many episodes does this go? Two, three episodes ago, one episode ago, you know, Bobby finally hooks up with the love of his life. This woman he's been pining after for so long, gets his heart ripped out of his chest. Fuck you, Kim. And then all of a sudden he, him and her are just completely fine. Again, I would love to get some, uh, you know, Bobby Caffey school of getting over things because, like, he gets over things so bloody quickly because here they are just chatting about Trevor. No, it's Trevor. Trevor. Uh, <laughs> Trevor. Such an Australian name. Uh, so it's just so interesting how quickly they are. And then I do like this little banter we get between the two of them. And it's like, what sort of name is Trevor? What sort of name is Kim? Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I was going to bring that, bring that up if you didn't. Because I love that part. Like, what's wrong with Kim? It's just Kim. Yeah. <laughs> like, after like, a, a, a saint or something. Saint Kimberly? <laughs> I mean, but it's just funny. Because, like, after all that love that he wanted... And then he just goes down to, like, you're just Kim. Yeah. Like, just in one word, like, Kim. <laughs> you're yeah. just Kim. It's, that uh, was a lot. <laughs> it's such a, like, it's such a random throwaway scene that, again, it's just, there's nothing really from Bobby in this episode, and Kim's stuff's only coming from the Jimmy stuff. Um, but it's just, it's just a fun little scene. And then we get this whole, like, I don't understand why this is included. I mean, I, okay, I should say, I understand, I guess, it's included because we need to see Kim and Bobby working. But generally, for the most part, unless it's kind of almost like a throwaway side comedy, you know, patient, we very rarely get kind of them dealing with people that is... um I guess kind of serious because we kind of think we're being set up for something here, don't we? We obviously, we meet this guy who's in a bed and he's obviously laying in his own feces and has bed sores and he's not being treated well and it's only the neighbour that's discovered it and obviously we're finding out that he's kind of been neglected. I kind of want to think that there was more of a storyline involved with this character and that maybe Kim and Bobby were going to be a little bit involved and the, the mother was going to show up or the daughter, sorry, was going to show up and we were going to get something here. But I mean, it just it just seems so like, why? Why is this here? Just to, to random daughter who doesn't care for her dad is just getting some shit labelled at him because next minute she's getting the phone call that obviously uh, Joey's gotten to shit at school. So, I don't know. To me, it just it just seems like a really weird little thing that they do. Would you think there would be some sort of different patient that they would be dealing with here? Or maybe that's just me. It makes you kind of wonder, like, if they had a, like, second, like, a first plan or something for yeah. this storyline, but then they figured, like, they had so many strong... Like you just mentioned earlier, they had already three strong main... Well, it's a Jimmy episode, but they had three strong storylines already. I wonder if they, like, kind of cut some scenes out mm. or what. Because, yeah, I'll, I'll, every time I watch this episode, I keep thinking I'm going to be set up for something. Like, there's going to be, like, this uh, neglecting case or whatever, and it's going to get huge where, I don't know. Like you said, they're going to be more involved or, you know, but it never ha- it never comes to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just a guess. I mean, we could be reading too much into it. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. It just maybe, to me, feels like there was maybe a lot more to this. And it just, yeah, as you said, they've got too much going on this episode. They just can't sort of hold on to it. Or, again, we're just uh, reading into it. We get a um, we get a little, um, uh, what do you call it, um, scene. That's what I'm trying to say. Scene, Ben. That's, that's a, not a word you should forget. Uh, Bosco, again, uh, wanting help and saying to Jokas, you know, to help him out. I swear I'll change. And what she's basically like, you need therapy. And he's like, what, lying on a couch? How my mother decided uh, that she didn't potty train me enough therapy? Um, so it's kind of just a nice little scene, obviously, that we're going to get there. Uh, again, just the stuff between Bosco and Yokus is just so much fun in this episode. Uh, we come back to Doc and Carlos. We're obviously back to another 
shooting this time around uh, we're going to meet uh, Puppet or Nathaniel uh, whichever way you want to call him uh, and he's been shot he's uh, there with uh, who we find out to be his little brother Kenny and as Doc and Carlos are working on uh, Nathaniel I'm going to call him Nathaniel because I don't I think Puppet's a bit you know do you, what do you what should we call him Puppet or Nathaniel Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Or, I like that name. That's a nice name, Nathaniel. I, just, I had a crush on somebody named Nathaniel in middle well, school. There you go. Keep hello, going. <laughs> hello, Nathaniel, if you're listening. Brandy, she, she says hello too. Um, but yeah, this the, the little brother, Kenny, pulls a gun out on Doc and Carlos. Uh, you know, threatens, you know, if he dies, I'll kill you. You know, better not let him die. Then he, then he runs away. This kind of obviously sets a little bit up uh, more with the Doc and Carlos storyline. Uh, and we obviously get uh, Nathaniel in the back of the ambulance. He's, you know, panicking, don't want to die. I'm sorry about my brother. And it's a nice little scene, I guess, with Doc obviously really sympathising with this kid and, you know, trying to be there for him and just obviously uh, be there completely. Uh, meanwhile, we also get Jimmy then. He's on the phone. He's talking to his mum who uh, doesn't know who he's dated. I, I think that's kind of a logical thing because I can't imagine that Jimmy hasn't dated like 300,000 people. Uh, so the way he's like, Ma, I know who I dated. I'd almost be like, yeah, do you really? <laughs> this week? <laughs> <It's not there. laughs> you know, um, sure. Uh, obviously, he's, uh, you know, needs the money uh, because um, he uh, obviously didn't get that bet and they're going to Grand Canyon for the dad's birthday. Then we uh, get Walsh coming up and uh, basically saying, some guys stop by, you know, they're looking for you. And I love Jimmy when he's like, oh, what do they look like? You know, guys from the neighborhood. <laughs> like... Okay, thanks for that. Obviously, it's a New York thing. They know what they're talking about. Uh, so then Jimmy does a runner uh, when he's like, oh, you know, tell him I've got a, a, an in, a wisdom tooth or something. I love if you just listen to Walsh in the background. He's like, what are you doing? You could get fired. <laughs> just the way he says it. I don't know if you ever, like, actually uh, pay much attention to that. Uh, and I think I jumped ahead before because, actually, this is now the scene when Kim answers the phone. Uh, Joe is in trouble. They've been called to the principal's office, and uh, we'll soon uh, talk about that scene. So I've covered a few scenes there. But, uh, yeah, uh, we get uh, overacting Walsh. Uh, we get uh, the introduction of uh, Nathaniel and Kenny and uh, all the other bits that I spoke about in the meantime. I mean, oh man, let's see where we start with the puppet, with the Kenny. So, uh, with Kenny, I'm surprised, I'm, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I forgot, but how did Doc sympathize with him? With, with Kenny mean, or with Nathaniel? With Kenny, with Kenny. I think I mean, that's more of a, because he's, because he's a little kid and he, you know, he was panicking, so he pulled out a gun, you know, so he was kind of like, well, you shouldn't jump to conclusions, so I, I think it's probably... Okay, okay, okay. Well, no, no, I uh, never really understood that. I guess it's maybe I'm with Carlos in this episode mate, for the first time ever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then, spoiler alert, but did you know Jimmy had a brother? Um, no. And, uh, <laughs> clearly, I, well, and, and <laughs> you don't really continue to know he has one either, though, Brandy, because, I mean, when we get to that scene, it's literally a two-minute scene. Oh, we discover he's got a brother, and you never hear from them ever again. Because <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, wait, did I know that Jimmy had a brother? Or is it just me? Am I tripping? Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Cause I, I mean, you kind of, like, you don't have Jimmy. And he's, like, that's why we call this a Jimmy episode. We don't have that many Jimmy episodes. And suddenly, like, he has this whole background all of a sudden in this episode. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Which is cool, though. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's. I, I think that um, you know it's, it's good when they do this this sort of thing with characters and kind of you know because I mean obviously characters have lives and you know they've got family and all this sort of stuff. I mean, no character in, for the most part, TV shows comes in and they're just a nothing. So it's always good to get a bit of backstory. I think the problem with the, the Jimmy side of things here is that while other characters across the Watchers run, you know, we will discover they've got... Bra- I mean, obviously, we've got a Bobby brother storyline. We'll get a Bosco brother storyline eventually. You know, we get we get a bit of Sully's family background in terms of when his mother comes into it. Obviously, Carlos's family. We've got Yokus's family is a big thing. David's like... All these characters have yeah, family that we get to know, but then, like you, you kind of think, okay, well, you need that with Jimmy. But the problem with Jimmy is because he's a character that is the forgotten character in many aspects in a lot of the run of this show. It's just it never pays off, does it? It's like it's like okay, no, great, we we find out that Jimmy's got a brother. Obviously, his mum wants to take their dad to the Grand Canyon. It's just something you never it never gets explored anymore. And it doesn't. Can I just point out one thing? And I, we're not quite up to that brother scene yet, but I mean, we, there's nothing really to add much. We might as well just mention it now as you brought it up because, you know, he goes to his brother in what, the hardware store, asks for some money, and then goes, No, you have to work here in the store, which Jimmy's reaction of like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, I love his reaction. So obviously, Jimmy's just panicking and trying to find this money. But um, can I just point out, Jimmy's brother, like, is he adopted? Because he is in no way in the same gene pool <laughs> as Eddie Cibrian. Um,. And I'm uh, trying to be polite there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leave it up to you, Ben. <laughs> I mean, like, no, did you no. not notice that? I'm not meant to notice that. I'm the straight I one here. But, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I was, I didn't notice because I was so focused on his backstory. Like, wait, when did Jimmy have a, basically, gambling? He lost a bet. Like, this, it turns out this isn't Jimmy's first time gambling. I mean. No, no exactly. I mean, and you don't, you know what I mean? So, I think I was more shocked. Like, whoa. So, then. I like how they threw that in, like, okay, Jimmy, his brother basically says, he basically says, like, I, you cleared out my savings a month, a couple of months ago. And I'm like, wow, okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing, the thing with Jimmy too, and, and again, we've obviously, um, touched on this in terms of that a lot of these storylines uh, in Third Watch kind of come and go and they don't necessarily hold out for the long term but it's kind of like Jimmy's whole gambling issue let's be honest this episode basically ends the Jimmy has a gambling problem storyline so um, don't get too attached to it if you're a fan of your favourite characters having gambling debts um, because this is essentially sorted out basically after this episode so um, it's, it's interesting I just want to point out quickly so the actor who played uh, Jimmy's brother Tommy Doherty there you go so we've got Jimmy and Tommy um, Jack Gwaltney Gwal- Gwaltney um, yeah just google Jack Gwaltney and you tell me if he's uh, in the same uh, gene pool as uh, Eddie Cibrian he's really not Uh, he's really not he's really not there's an adoption going on there somewhere or either that he just got hit with the ugly stick at some point in his life Um, anyway (laughs) (laughs) being incredibly mean Um, we we get um, Bosco at this point throwing the clothes away from the guys he robbed um, and then I love Bosco's kind of like, oh, what do we do now? And what does Yoko say? Like, oh, we just need to keep a low profile and stop yourself from running off at the mouth. That should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, just the lighters. Believe me, there, there are, there are um, 
There's one line in this entire... Actually, there's two lines in this episode that I literally laugh out loud every single time. It doesn't matter how many times I watch this episode, I can always crack up laughing at these two scenes. Both involve Bosco and Yogas. Uh, anyway, so we then cut back to the hospital. Obviously, Doc and Carlos have taken Nathaniel in. We get a little bit of a scene of um, Doc and Morales. Not too much there. But uh, then Sully, uh, again, Sully and Davis really have not a lot to do in this episode as well. Um, Sully kind of walks up and is like, oh, so a kid pulled a gun on you. We heard we had some witnesses. Morales is completely shocked. Doc obviously doesn't want to press any charges. But Carlos being Carlos straight away is like, yep, this is what he looks like. Here's the address of where he is. Um, and it leads us... Uh, I know I'm kind of um, jumping ahead here because there's the Kim scene in the middle. I'll just come back to that in just a minute. But uh, obviously this kind of scene leads to the Doc and Carlos... Uh, I guess morality conversation of the episode this seems to happen a lot recently but this one is obviously valid uh, you know they're having this argument about uh, Doc didn't want to report the kid just saying he's just a kid he was scared you know uh, you know, we've got to help this kid not sort of get him the police after him and obviously Doc uh, Carlos are at this point is basically like we need to round these kids up put it on an island and you know let them all shoot at each other you know they need jail you know these kids are never going to learn and obviously, Doc's going up to the the house uh, of this woman to, to try and find Kenny. And uh, what does Carlos say? Like, oh, what, so I can go get another chance for this kid to pull a gun on me? Uh, no, thanks. Um, <coughs> I'll get to the scene with the mother in just a second. I'll come back to the middle bit there that I missed in terms of Kim. Is that uh, St. Edward's, is it? Or St. Joseph's? Or I think it's St. Edward's, isn't it? I don't remember the name. Since something. It's a Catholic school. I think it's St. Uh, Edwards. I... Yeah, I think it might be St. Edwards. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and Joey has thrown a kid off the jungle gym, two kids off the jungle gym, <laughs> and uh, basically uh, broken one of the kids' arms. Can I just yeah. point out, does Joey sometimes give you a bit of a creepy vibe in the fact that he's willing to just, like, throw kids off a jungle gym? And just the way he's just like, they made me mad. It's kind of like yes. this kid is going to turn into a serial killer one day. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ben. Because when I first seen this episode, I was just like, I really don't like that kid. He just, because he was so creepy. <laughs> he's a good he's actor. A, We've gone over that before. Actor. He's a good actor, but I'm he really that. does give you a creepy vibe. He does. It's like if you watch like the Omen or like these other child, child scary movies, like he's good because he does. He's just like nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, I broke their arms and. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's just like, so. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, dad has a new girlfriend, so <laughs> I just wanted to break someone's arm. And I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, like, in any other context, when uh, if you get a random stranger coming up to me, I mean, you're a mother, Brady, I'm sure, like, if some random stranger came up to you and was like, oh, maybe your kid should use a so- child psychologist, you'd kind of be like, fuck you, mind your own business. Like, yeah, at, at this absolutely. point... I think it's kind of warranted. Like, Kim, it listen is. to this random stranger. Your kid sees your uh, ex-husband with another woman in the kitchen, and that means he wants to push a kid off a jungle gym? There are some yes. psychological issues in there, and I'm not even a parent, and I can tell that. No, no, exactly. No, like, well, this is warranted because he broke the arm of a kid. I mean, that's serious. I mean, me now, depending, I'm always, like, defending my son, like, in person, but then we get home, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so, I mean... yeah. You know, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is it's, warranted. I mean, the way he reacted, he was he was just sitting there like... <laughs> just sit, I mean, I'm looking at the scene right now. He's just sitting there like nothing happened. Like, it was no big deal. I, and I, then I Kim... Yeah. Sorry, you continue. I interrupted you. And Kim, she doesn't really, like... She doesn't really, like, punish him or anything. I was kind of, like, hoping that she'd be a... I don't know. She's a good mom, but... 
in this episode you don't really get much of her like why would you, you know, i don't know i mean look yeah i agree with you absolutely agree with you she's a great mum, but i mean when we get to the jimmy kim fight sequence and i know it kind of gets um i guess rubbed out in terms of what happens to jimmy at the end of the episode but i gotta say some of the points that jimmy makes do have a valid sense to it yes they do <laughs> so the ten thousand hours i love that 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 line i don't yeah but i love the line he says about something about like the, i don't know exact word for word but oh, he says, yeah yeah we'll get to that we'll get to it yeah exactly but i mean yeah it's just because yeah you don't see uh joey get any form of punishment and but i mean obviously you know it's context we're not going to see every scene of these people's lives well, but, no, um no. yeah but i mean the one the one scene that i actually would like to um see here that we don't get to see is so when kim says like oh go wait out there honey you know bobby's out there i want to see what happens between bobby and joey at that point so like what does joey just walks on like oh bobby oh hey joey what's up champ oh yeah cool oh so what did you do oh nothing how's you know like there's got to be a conversation point there where bobby's like oh so so why are you in trouble oh you pushed a kid off the jungle gym did you oh oh okay your mum's hot, by the way. We had sex. Like, I mean, it's not going to happen that way around, is it? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was not expecting that. But I mean, I was about to say, you have a very point in terms of, like, seeing a conversation between Bobby and Joey. I yeah. mean, just the fact that not maybe, like, five episodes back is when they were playing basketball with Jimmy and Joey. And when Joey got sick, Bobby was there. So you get that kind of dynamic where Bobby is that second father figure. And it, honestly, I'm he's... It's kind of good that Joey has him because Kim is so messed up at times. Jimmy's so messed up at times. It's like Bobby's the only mature like adult for him at that moment. <laughs> I kind of feel that really the, the turning point for Bobby as a character in Third Watch, I I really think is his Maddie storyline and that kind of when he eventually hooks up with Kim. It really does seem from this point on uh, for the remaining, you know, what season that Bobby Cannavale's really in this show that this to me is the turning point and where he really doesn't have a whole lot to do anymore. And it's kind of, it's sad because, like, I think they peaked too early with the Bobby Kim storyline. They should have dragged this out more, kept right. the tension going, you know. And thus, even just, like, them sleeping together basically signals the end of um, this tension. And it's kind of, I don't know, like, it just, it really seems from now on in, Bobby is just almost the new Jimmy in that he's kind of obsolete. I mean, he does have some pretty decent storylines moving forward. There are definitely some episodes where, you know, you've got some very Bobby strong episodes, but he doesn't really have an overlying story arc, I feel, unless I'm forgetting something. I just I just really think from this point on, and, and let's be honest, Bobby is basically only in it for one more season. He basically leaves about this point next season. And again, we won't spoil it for you how he leaves, but but um, just to kind of spoil it for you, you've only probably got about 22 more episodes left of Bonnie, Bobby Cannavale. But it's just, yeah, I really cannot think right now um, of what we've got from Bobby moving forward here. That I, I can see why Bobby Cannavale got frustrated because I think he left the show because he felt there's nothing happening with this character. And I kind of feel him there because there really is nothing that happens with this character anymore. No, you know, and I agree with you because, I mean, I, I think you had a great... I did when you just said that you wish they had, like, pulled out the storyline longer. Like, pick something in there, like Bobby meeting someone, getting serious, and then maybe something happens where his feelings come back up for Kim. But it was just so short up on Kim that it finally just happened that, yeah, they had nothing left. I mean, I wish they would have done something like that. You don't really get to explore Bobby as much as you want to. Cause no, yeah. He potential. There is potential there. It's just... There's such... Yeah. I mean, this, you think of all these TV shows in history that um, obviously have... 
you know, two characters with a sexual tension. You know, I mean, Moonlighting is the famous example with uh, Bruce Willis and um, uh, Sybil Shepherd, I think it was, where basically the whole premise of the show that made it so popular in the 80s was a will they, won't they, will they hook up, will they, won't they. Like, oh, God, the sexual tension is so strong. Then when they eventually hook up, no one gives a shit anymore. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Mulder and Scully in the X-Files, you know, or, uh, I mean, I never watched Castle, but the two characters, like, there's a myriad of lists here that we can go through of sexual tension between characters, you know, uh, and that when they eventually hook up, no one wants to really tune in anymore. The nanny and, and Mr. Sheffield on The Nanny, you know, and it's just kind of like, you just don't want to watch it anymore, and that's what makes people tune in every week, and that's kind of, not to say that that was an underlining factor on third watch, because you've got such an ensemble cast that they weren't the be all and end all but i mean the jimmy bobby love triangle that kind of created some good tension that really is just nowhere anymore it kind of they kind of put it to waste in a way i, I kind of feel like it was a because after that it happened so fast like in the same season not even like the second season like the same season it just went from that high tension to just bobby's brother choosing not choosing him and he's sad and like the way it happened too just yeah I mean, but they were still finding their footing. First season, they were still finding their footing. I mean, we we had, what, six great seasons of this show. So, I mean, thankfully, this wasn't, like, a big thing that was, like, okay, everybody's done with the show, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to just keep an eye on Bobby as uh, we obviously... Uh, he, he, you know, spoiler alert, he's the first major character to leave the show. So, uh, we'll just obviously you know keep watch on how that plays out we love you bobby we do love you bobby i mean as we've discovered bobby cannavale you would argue probably him or kim raver the two biggest stars come out of this show i mean i know someone like nia long obviously is a big star but i think she was more of a star coming into this and she's left still a star whereas you know bobby cannavale and kim ravers were basically nobodies before this show i'm not saying the show made them but they've i guess had better career choices post third watch than uh the majority of this cast so um we we can't really take away from that uh because bobby cannavale i think leaving the show if he didn't leave the show when he did i don't think he would have gone on to be as big a star as he's become today so um yeah that's uh i think we'll get to bobby obviously still more to come but again bobby kind of wasted in this episode uh so uh we've had that scene um we have doc back at the house with uh kenny and nathaniel's mother and um obviously you know we kind of get this nice little scene doc's obviously concerned um and this mother obviously she's trying her hardest what does she say like you know i'm not some crack addict you know i you know work this amount of jobs look after like you just really feel for this woman she's obviously trying her best and uh you know her, her kids have fallen into the wrong crowd and um, she kind of has that tragic line, doesn't she, where she says, like, you know, oh, you should have just let him die, um, which is kind of like, wow, that's a bit bit deep. Um, and, and and then, obviously, the I love the fact that, like, Doc gives her the card and obviously says, this is where we are, tell Kenny to come and see us. Now, I know Carlos isn't there because Carlos has waited in the bus, but remember a few episodes ago when uh, we had that angry Chinese guy uh, basically, you know, don't tell us where we are. And then Doc basically said, you know, you're right. I should have listened to you. Now, I understand this is slightly different because this is a little kid. This is still a little kid who's pointed a gun at them and threatened to kill them. And now he knows where they work. So <laughs> it's kind of like, Doc, do you ever listen to what you say sometimes? Because you said a few episodes ago, I should have consulted with you first, Carlos. And clearly Doc is pissed off with him right now because they've just had that argument. So I don't know about that bit. I, 
as far as that you point, I didn't even like really think about that. <laughs> now that you pointed it out, I'm like, that is true. I mean, but then this is what Doc does best, you know. I mean, we're gonna find this out. He's always like this. He there's more scenes down the line where people like leave it alone, Doc, and you can't just leave it alone. He just goes and does his thing. Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. Uh, we get the the hardware store scene that we just mentioned, obviously before with uh, Jimmy and his ugly brother. Uh, he sort of leaves, and we kind of um. Uh, get back. Oh, we get a, we get a scene in between here you know, of another kid getting shot, um, which is kind of there. I've just that's a real Joe over scene. You don't really need to see too much in that. Uh, we we see Joey watching a cartoon again, just so nonchalant. We obviously talked about that, and um, Kim finds out from him that obviously he saw Brooke in the kitchen. Is Danny going to marry someone else? Um, then we get, um, Bosco and, uh, no, sorry, we don't, we get Sally and Davis again with their barely limited screen time in this entire episode, having a bit of a conversation about will Bosco get caught and Sally's all like, oh, I hope not because, you know, it's bad for the rest of us. Uh, I do like, um, his line that he says to Davis, it's like, um, you know, we know you wouldn't have robbed them, you would have turned around and asked them what went wrong with their life and invited them over for dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, we, we find out that there's going to be a lineup uh, so that uh, Doc and Carlos will come and see, obviously, uh, these little kids. Uh, then we get to this scene. This is just, oh, God. Um, I absolutely fucking love this scene. So we've got Yokus and Bosco in the car. They're watching the two guys that obviously um, robbed them. I missed a scene before, did I not, about when... Uh, Bosco says, you've got the smallest bladder in the world. Did I miss that scene? I don't. I think so. I think we missed the scene where the, the mug shot. No, no, that's coming up now. I haven't missed that one. Um, I might have... I don't know if I missed the scene where Bosco says, like, um, I swear... Oh, I did, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, hang on. But just backing up. Before I get to Bosco and Yoke's in the car. I did. I'm, just, I'm reading through here. So, uh, basically... Um, after the uh, Doc and Carlos scene, when they're talking in the ambulance, they're back at the precinct, and uh, Bosco says to Yokus, I swear you've got the smallest bladder of any woman I know. Um, <laughs> and then I think, isn't that where... Um, uh, she says something about him going into it, but then you see the uh, the mugshot. They've, pr- they've printed the mugshot out of wanted for armed robbery, and uh, Bosco's all like, it doesn't look anything like me. And Yokus is like, sure it does. Um, and then that's when, basically, Bosco says to Yokus, we're going to find them. So that's kind of what leads up to this point. So, okay, there we go. Context, people. There you go. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so they're waiting in the car. They're watching the two guys that Bosco's robbed. And we get Yokus's great little line when she's like, oh, grand, ju- you know, tell me, why did you, uh, tell the grand jury, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Yokus is just obviously, you know, going along for the ride. And then we see, uh, you know, these two guys basically getting run out of the way by a, an Asian grocer, Yokus is just basically, oh yeah, you know, these two are just Bonnie and Clyde. And then they go into a strip club, and then Yokus is just basically like, I'm not waiting here for like hours while they go and get their rocks off. And then Bosco's all like, oh, you know, we've got to keep an eye on it. And the best line in this entire episode is when Yokus is like, I'm hungry. And it's like, oh, just wait. And she just yells, he's like, food! Now! <laughs> I love that part. That's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just love grumpy yokers. Just like, food! Now! <laughs> I, that is one of my favorite scenes out of this whole episode, is that right there? 
<laughs> Can you... one of my favourite funniest scenes in the entire show's run. It is such a, like, a, just a tiny little scene. It just always sticks out in my mind. I, I remember watching this with an ex. I actually remember an ex of mine trying to get her into this show. And she kind of started to like it, and then she dumped me because she's a bitch. But then it's like... <laughs> This is like 11 years ago, I can say that. She doesn't listen. She's married and has a kid now, so good for her. Um, but at the time, she I remember this scene, she loved Yokus, and I just remember us rewinding this scene and just cracking up laughing at it. Oh, God, it was so funny. It still is so funny. It is. I I forget, sometimes I do forget, like, what episode, what episode, what episode it is. But it's you don't get this out of Yoki, so when she is fed up, it is hilarious. <laughs> Food! Now! <laughs> I mean, I wish I could. I wish we could like play the track, but we can't because <laughs> it's so funny. There's another, there's another scene in this episode yet to come, which is not quite as funny as this scene, but it's still it's a very funny scene. But uh, yeah, again, it's just unintentionally funny. I mean, it's obviously meant to be funny, it's meant to be humorous, but just the way that Molly Price delivers it. When they get her on the show, I'm just gonna be like, Molly Price, can you just please say the following line to me? Food now, right? I mean, and say Captain's daughter. <laughs> And then watch out for that, like how you say, you say it better than I do, watch out for that dog. Watch out for that dog. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and then also uh, like, I do will say like, I, about the mugshot scene, I just thought it was so funny, Bosco was so caught up, like, that ain't my nose. <laughs> that ain't my nose. Like, he was so caught up on the mugshot being wrong yeah. by his nose. I thought that was funny too. And it <laughs> does, but the thing is though, right, you look at that picture, you get a brief glance at it. It looks exactly like Bosco. It so does. why are they why are there not cops in this? They, I mean, let's be honest. The side cops in the fifty fifth precinct are shit because they've literally got to walk past that and go. Does that kind of not look like Officer Boscarelli? <laughs> it is um, exactly like Bosco, like because he, like you say, get like a quick glance and it's exactly like him. <laughs> yeah, but food now. It's, I, um, yeah, food now. I just yeah, it's, like that. And then a food now t-shirt. <laughs> now. I want that on a t-shirt. I want somebody to make that on a t-shirt for me. Just like a, the words food now on it. There you go. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I want in life right now. Uh, so Jimmy's still uh, searching for money. So he's in the bank right now trying to basically steal money from Joey's college fund. Oh, How nice God. of you, Jimmy. Um, and obviously he can't get it because they opened it up with Miss Zambrano, so she needs to come down and get it. Uh, we then get the lineup: Carlos um, looking at the kids. It's a bit of a sad scene to see all these like, little kids there, obviously. But uh, Carlos obviously spots Kenny, but decides to not identify him. Um, he basically walks out and then says to Doc, "You know, I couldn't do it. Are you happy?" Um, Doc wants to wait for Kenny. And then basically Carlos is like, no, I saved him. He can deal with it himself. We're taking this call. Um, and then that's kind of that. Then we get this like really good scene. Um, I, I really think this is a very strong scene and a very well acted scene by both Eddie Cibrian and Kim Raver. So um, obviously Jimmy's having a pretty shit day. Kim sort of uh, walks up and goes, we need to talk. And I do love the way that Jimmy says, why is it whenever I'm having a crappy day, I always get you coming up to me going, we need to talk. Um, So basically, Kim obviously is saying, like, hey, you know, your son pushed someone off the jungle gym, broken arm. Uh, Then basically we get this fight about, you don't know how to be a responsible parent, you don't know how to do it if it bit you in the ass, uh, and just basically uh, losing it at Jimmy. But then, again, as I said sort of earlier in this episode, 
Jimmy makes some very valid points at this point, as you kind of brought up with the whole hours thing. He says, like, I get him for about 10 hours a week. You and your mum and the babysitter get him for the however many other hours a week. Exactly. You know, you've got to maybe take a look at your home situation and stop putting the blame on me. Um, if you and what is the line he says? If you're looking at the crap, if you're trying to find a crappy parent here, you've got to look at yourself. At this point, Jimmy won Kim zero. Uh, we yeah. do realize that in about twenty minutes or so, it's going to be Kim four hundred, Jimmy one. Um, right. But at this time, Jimmy's winning the parenting fight. Uh, but I mean, I just want to leave it there for just at the moment uh, before we get to the next bit because I mean, this again, very well acted. It's it's great. We I don't know if we're giving uh, Eddie Sibrian and Kim Raver enough credit for when they fight. You really believe they're a married, well, former married couple because they've got great chemistry and their fighting ability. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a very interesting scene. It is. I love it. I like how they wrote the line. I mean, if that was just how he said it, but I love it. And uh, I mean, because I don't not. To not spoil things, I mean, he did have a valid point. And when, when he said your sister and your mom, I was like, well, maybe her sister. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, that could explain it. Kim's sister, she's not the best person either, so. No, maybe I mean, not. I mean, maybe so. They're, maybe they're just all screwed up. I don't know. Nobody's perfect. Um,. But yeah, so uh, obviously from that point on, we go back to the hospital, uh, Nathaniel signing himself AMA because he's got business to attend to. We kind of get a little <laughs> doc fight and Carlos kind of, I don't know what Carlos is doing there at one point when he's sort of like they're saying like, oh, don't leave, don't leave. And then um, the Nathaniel turns around to Carlos and goes, what are you, my bitch, man? And then the way that like, Carlos kind of steps forward, he's like, you bitch. Like, he's just kind of like, are you about to confront this gangster? Like, what are you doing? Like, two, two, two scenes ago, you're scared that a nine-year-old is going to come and shoot you. And now that you're uh, wanting to stand up to this guy, it's like, interesting. Um, but yes, obviously, Nathaniel walks out, docks all like, you were crying in my uh, bus like an hour ago. And uh, obviously, you know, he doesn't listen and goes off and he's trying to tell him about um, uh, uh, Kenny, but he doesn't listen. Uh, from there, we get um, Kim and Yokus together. We talk up Kim and Yokus. We don't get enough of them together, but here they are having a conversation, talking about kids and whether or not they're raising serial killers. And we get this real little interesting scene where basically Kim's like, do you ever want to think about moving to Days? And it's like, well, yeah, clearly we know that's a huge plot line with Yokus because, you know, it's kind of screwing a family up. And she kind of obviously has a throwaway line where she says, like, oh, you know, I don't have enough seniority to go back to days. But this is, the, like, one of the most throwaway, blasé moments of Third Watch, which I can't even remember it until I've rewatched this episode. When Yokus turns around and goes, oh, yeah, but since we've hired that nanny, it seemed to have helped. Now... We never, ever, ever hear or see of this nanny ever again. It's just briefly mentioned in passing. For some reason, it's a thing to what? Bridge the gap between the fact that we haven't seen Yokus's marital issues be a storyline for a while. So, oh, lo and behold, uh, Mary Poppins has come in to save the day somewhere. Um, and it's just, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know why it annoys me so much. It's just kind of like, oh, we've gotten a nanny. Why does that need to be a plot line? Like, wh- Why? Uh, I guess it's just I don't know. I didn't really I forget about this epi- this this part of the episode as well. I mean, I, maybe they're just trying to appeal to like the families out there that are struggling, like babysitters, and they touch on Kim being a single mom and married. I mean, but the nanny part doesn't really fit in. The more I think about it, it doesn't fit in because it's just, it's just random. It's just one of these uh, random throwaway lines. It'd be like if you know 
Bosco and, and, and Jokers are talking about something and all of a sudden Bosco's like, yeah, I found out that Nicole has a penis. It's just like, okay, throwaway line. That's kind of a bit of a plot point, but we're just going to gel over it, pretend it never happened. That's maybe a bit of an over-exaggeration there. I'm not claiming that Nicole has a penis, but I'm just, you know, trying to find some sort of middle ground there to use an explanation. <laughs> I don't know, Ben. Let's, let's look deep into this. Why does this trigger you? I'm kidding. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I couldn't answer that. I'm just a... I'm just a <laughs> Stupid person, clearly. Um, but anyway, we get we get this like conversation, and you know it's great. I said I love Jokus and, and Kim, and I wish we had more of it. But um, <laughs> the the scene that I love, I mean, I, I like it kind of. First of all, we're like they're talking about like, oh, boss goes on the toilet. Um, you know, he's probably just looking at the pictures. And what does Kim say? Like, why do guys always feel the need to like read when they're on the toilet? Can I just clear this up? If people really want to know why guys read on the toilet, okay, like. We don't sit down when we go to the bathroom for the most part, okay? If we need to do a number one, we stand up, we're in, we're out, we wash our hands, we're done. If we're doing a number two, we're sitting down. And I know from experience that I don't get to sit down that often on the toilet. I know women do, I assume so. I don't know how that works, don't really want to know, but I'm just trying to think about how it would work. <laughs> oh my God, okay. but, 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 like, if there's something relaxing about sitting on the toilet and, like, reading whilst you're doing your thing. And I'm just going to put that out there as a man. I like reading on the toilet when I'm doing that. I'm it's not more a man. probably your phone now than reading a... It used to be a newspaper in the day. Now it's more so your phone. But um, I just want to clear that up. I just want to point that out. I'm sure if anybody's listening, just going, yeah, why do you guys read on the toilet? There it is. We never get to sit down on the toilet, people. <laughs> Women always do. We don't. There you go. I'm not a man, but I like to read when I'm <laughs> as there well. There you go, see? I don't know. Still, I don't know. Oh, I don't want to say it's peaceful, but I mean, there's something about you just like reading your phone, like you're focusing, you're focusing on your content. Nobody's in the bathroom, so nobody's gonna come and bother you. There's no distraction. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you can read whatever you want to read. So um, yeah, there you go. (laughs) But uh, the the best bit about this whole thing and the second funniest part of this whole episode. Excuse me, as I just choke on myself there. Uh, So Kim is talking, (laughs) and then Bosco walks out. Has a listen to them talking and goes, Gab, 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 gab. It just never stops, does it? <laughs> I don't know why I love that bit so much. I just love the way, and just the way that Jokus and Kim look at him. It's just like, gab, 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 gab. It just never stops, does it? I feel like they just put that in their last minute. <laughs> like, or like, one of that was like improvised because it was just out of the blue, like, gab, 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 gab. Never stops. He just walks through them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Perfect ending to that scene, though. Oh, it's so good. Um, so then we uh, go back to we've got another shooting. Doc and Carlos. Obviously, this whole street gang war is uh, still heating up. And sadly, though, uh, we discover in this scene that uh, Kenny has been shot. Kenny is dead, and uh, basically from this point on, uh, Doc loses it. Um, he picks up Kenny's body, who's apparently missing half a head. So I don't know why, like his brain isn't just like dripping all over the floor as he shoves him on. Uh, top of Nathaniel and Nathaniel you know he's he's basically yelling at Nathaniel going you're happy now your brother's dead and Nathaniel's all like he died a man he's like no he didn't die a man he died a little boy and you know it's it's an emotional scene it's a nice scene but I mean the, the bit that always kind of irks me off is that Doc is supposedly the best paramedic in this city as we've already discovered in this uh in this season uh but basically he refuses to treat a patient he's like I'm not letting him bleed in my bus 
Uh, the cops have essentially let him ruin a crime scene and done nothing about it. <laughs> he's just stormed off and he's angry about it. Now, again, I realise these guys know each other. I realise they're friends and that's what this show's about. Third Watch, the camaraderie between all these emergency services. But are we really led to believe that the NYPD are going to let the FDNY paramedics pick up a dead body with half of his head missing and just throw him on another person? I kind of think the police might have just stopped him at that point. I would like to think so, too. I'm sure they would have, but this scene is so powerful because it kind of shows, like... I'm not trying to take away from the powerfulness of the scene, people. I'm just being a nitpicky little bastard. Sorry. Well, no, no, you're good. I mean, that's what I like, like, you know... And uh, we get to talk about it, and I get I get what you're saying because yeah, I think like reality wise, no, he wouldn't be able to do that. But man, this is what some people want to do, you know, when they see stuff like this. I mean, I love it because he's like, because it's so true. Like you hear so many people like, yeah, he died in man. Like so many people in the hood talk about how like their little sons are like little men and stuff like that, and it's not. It's just frustrating. So I can see where Doc is coming from. It's like, no, he was a boy, and people forget that. And, when he picked up the kid, it was just so... I don't know, it was just powerful. This is one of my favorite scenes out of all time. Like, when I found out this was in this episode, I forgot because there were so many other strong plots that when I thought this was going to be one of the uh, storylines, I was super happy about it. I mean, when he picks up Kenny and just puts him on his brother, like, are you happy now? <laughs> like, this is what you did. You know? And it goes back to when the mom was like, well, you should let him die because it maybe Kenny would have had a chance. And, and I then kinda... also, yeah, it gets to that seat, obviously, when we get with Carlos and Doc in the ambulance next, doesn't it? When kind of Carlos is like, well, you know, we could have stopped this if I had just, like, gotten Kenny yeah, off not... the streets. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I'm with Carlos on that, too. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was it was done well. It, it was. was it was, yeah. And again, I don't, I'm trying to take away from the powerfulness of the <laughs> scene. It is a very powerful and effective scene, but... Um, yeah, I'm just reading into it too much. Uh, so, Bosco and Yokes again. I like how they're just sitting in the car and they're both just kind of singing. Uh, obviously, it's a slow crime day in the 55th Precinct that day. If literally, all the cops have done... I mean, can we just again point out... I'm just nitpicking here. But, like, so this is a 55th Precinct. They've literally got a gang war happening, essentially, in the Precinct that day with the amount of shootings that are happening, as we're seeing. But it's only Sully and Davis that are called to these. We've seen earlier on in uh, the series run that Bosco is generally, you know, as soon as he hears a shooting, he wants to go help out. But basically, all Bosco and Yokas have done all day is just watch these two perps. Um, so, like, no other crimes happening in New York City that day. It's, it's a pretty safe city at that point. Um, so, they're waiting, they're waiting for these two guys, and um, basically, we hear gunshots, and they've tried to rob another store, well, a store. And uh, the shop owner has kind of fought back with the gun, and they have a bit of a chase. They catch him, shove him in the uh, police car, and um, basically uh, Bosco says, oh, I'm not going to ride back. You can ride back. And essentially Bosco gets away with everything. Of course he does. And we get the great scene of uh, Yokus shoving them into the car, and they're just yelling at each other in the back seat. Yokus, oh, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that is... It is good. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on that before we move on, or no. I mean, you, like you just mentioned, you summed it up. Bosco gets away with it, and there you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, so um, I get. Oh, we got Joey in the car with Daddy. They're driving around the streets. Uh, Jimmy's giving the uh, parenting advice: don't hit kids. It's not right. 
Uh, that's essentially what he says. Uh, to which then all of a sudden he gets uh, pulled over by the guys from the neighbourhood who uh, essentially are threatening to bash the shit out of him because he owes money. Um, and then Jimmy's kind of pleading like, hey, can you know not do this in front of my son? Uh, you know, please let me take him to my uh, ex-wife's. And then essentially these two guys from the neighbourhood are like, oh, what's that car? That's a this, that, and everything else. Oh, it's worth at least... What does he say? That's worth at least 20 grand or 15 grand. I love the guys. What, you're looking for change? <laughs> <laughs> if I was Jimmy, I'd have been like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm surprised so. you even try to argue that. <laughs> like, at this point, you just let them take whatever... You, and so you're good. So your son is good. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty deep scene that obviously, you know... Jimmy's uh, parenting speech from before has gone out the window because he's just literally been uh, essentially uh, robbed and uh, owned by two guys from the neighbourhood. Um, so they're without a car. They're going to walk uh, to Kim's house, basically. Then we get uh, Doc and Carlos in the ambulance and basically Carlos standing up to Doc and basically saying, you know, you're selfish. You know, you go out of your way to do this sort of stuff, but uh, you do whatever makes you feel better. Instead of helping people, you hurt them. Again, very powerful uh, scene there. And Doc kind of, you can see, he just kind of resigned to the fact that, uh, wow, shit, you're owning me, Carlos. Ouch. Um, And then we get back to Jimmy. He's gone to Kim's house. He's basically like, my bookie took my car. You were right. I'm a shit parent. Uh, It was humiliating. I'm going to start being a good father. I promise. Um, That's pretty deep. And then, obviously, at the end, we get shirtless uh, Michael Beach uh, as he gets into bed with Morales and basically says, oh, maybe Carlos was right. And then we kind of get this nice little ending with Morales basically saying, like, look, you know, 99 days out of 100, we're going to have shit days. But that one day, you're going to feel the best when you help someone. Um, and you're a good person. So that's the episode. I don't know if you really have anything much to add there on that last scene. And also, obviously, the Jimmy getting robbed and nearly bashed and basically uh, losing the parenting battle after having won it before. Not really. I will tell the audience, the viewers, I mean, the listeners... <laughs> Oh man. Okay, I'll tell the listeners to like keep this in mind because this is four hundred to one when it comes to Jimmy and Kim. However, next season we're gonna see it totally turn around. So I mean I think this is a big one because there's a big one for Kim as well next season. Uh, for sure. And I think it's really interesting kind of the polarizing sides of it when it kind of comes to I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit obviously in the next episode with what happens with Kim's threats against Jimmy. Um but it's kind of interesting how those threats that Kim say don't really amount to much, but when it comes to Jimmy doing it to Kim, it's a bit more involved and it's kind of like uh, it's a tough one to kind of analyse because, I mean, obviously, without going into too much detail about what happens to Kim, I mean, that stuff's pretty deep. But um, I, I would argue that Kim has solid grounds here to to take uh, custody away from Jimmy. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, any parent would be incredibly thrilled that their ex-partners basically having uh, threats and all this sort of stuff labelled against them with their child in the car. So... <laughs> Yeah, and this this one right here, like you just said, there's a valid reason why. And like when it when it's turned, the tables are turned. It's more deeper, and it's more like there should be more understand. I don't know. Like you said, it's a tough one to analyze because it's like I don't know. This one it wasn't as hard, but the next season it's going to be a little bit more tougher, as you said, and it gets more yeah. in depth. So I mean, yeah, we but will we will we will obviously get into it a little bit more as we yeah. uh, 
go along. Uh, but that's essentially our episode. Uh, that is uh, Nature and Nurture. Are we going to rate it, buy it? Uh, let me try that again. Ben, are we going to buy it, bin it, or rent it? Brandy, what are we doing with this episode? You are rented. How you are rented? It? Yes, yes. I, uh, I like it. It's strong, but it's not one I particularly watch a lot. So, I mean, I'll definitely... Because I've, I've gotten to the point where I do skip episodes sometimes now, and it's one of those episodes where I'm, I will, like, watch it once in a while. So I'll definitely rent it to keep it in my rotation. Well, you've what broken about- your streak. You have you bought the last three, so you're back into renting it. So there you go. Um, yeah, I don't... I, it's, it's a high rent or a low buy. I mean, I just think it's got some very strong storylines and the fact that they've waited so well. In terms of uh, how they're, I'm going to buy it just because I feel the way they cover it strongly with such. Um, you know, going back to my focus before that I said, generally you've only really got the one main focus of this episode. But again, you can argue this is a Jimmy episode, a Doctor Carlos episode, or even a Bosco and Yokus episode, and it's like it shouldn't be a Bosco and Yokus episode because their storyline really isn't that you know important to the grand scheme of things on um, on Third Watch. But it's just so well done that. Um, you know you can't do it. I mean, I mean, having said that, I realise that the, you know, the lack of uh, Carlos, uh, sorry, the lack of uh, Sully and Davis and Bobby kind of overweighs a lot of that. But yeah, I, I'm going to buy it. Stuff it. I'm buying it. Why not? I've got some extra cash this week, so I might as well splurge. I think it's a good episode. So um, yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of good episodes, our next episode, uh, one of my favourites. I think it's one of the best episodes of Third Watch. Uh, it's called Ohio, and it's. Uh, it's an interesting episode because I think we've talked a little bit about how generally once a season, particularly in these early uh, seasons, you would kind of get a an episode really more so about the characters and there really isn't much in the job involved. Um, and, I mean, you'd argue that they're on the job in this episode, but it's, it's basically a very um, dialogue-heavy episode in the fact that it's really these characters just kind of talking uh, for a whole episode and... You might think that sounds boring, but I just think it's it's done so well because again these actors are so good and the chemistry between all these guys is fantastic. So uh, I would I would argue, with uh, the exception of our uh, star of this episode, Jimmy, that everybody has an equal role in the next episode and it's done very very well. Uh, maybe well Bobby, you'd probably take out of that as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's interesting really how we will uh, we'll go into that. Now before we close it out though, I just uh, we always at this point talk about you know you can like subscribe uh, send us feedback comments everything along those lines uh, I just want to quickly we got a, a question sent into us a few weeks back and I haven't really gotten into it until now uh, sent by one of the uh, listeners in the Third Watch fans groups there on Facebook Barb Brandon and uh, thanks Barb for sending this in Barb says to us here Brandy uh, says in the upcoming episodes uh, I in the upcoming episodes I is I'm just going to try and read this properly. I should have worded this a little bit better so I could read it out on air. Uh, in the upcoming episodes, would they have uh, explored the similarities between Bobby and Bosco? Both grew up in broken homes where they were the older child still uh, trying to play a dad to a younger brother. Both Maddie and Mikey were we are, were up to no good and mixed up with drugs in the wrong side of the law while Alex accused Bobby of being a mama's boy bit of a spoiler alert for a future episode we haven't met Alex yet uh Bosco played the same role with his mum trying to look after and help me so I, I think Barb is essentially asking us do you think we would have liked to have seen more of a exploration between Bobby and Bosco given they've got very similarities in their characters okay thank you for the question I um definitely see, see the similarities there I mean there's no denying that I don't 
know what how we could they could explore that or how we could explore it i mean i'm i'm definitely up for a challenge to talk about it more on my end to see if i see something i mean i don't know that's that's a very deep question i, I like it i mean yeah it's i mean it's it's a it's a very good question because i mean there are huge similarities between um bobby and bosco i think kind of you would argue that um bosco is from more of a broken home uh, and that he's kind of more rough, obviously a lot more rough around the edges, um, but he's obviously got a nice heart when it comes down to it. Um, and I think kind of, you know, obviously we'll learn a lot more about Bosco's family along the way, but yeah, it's more of a broken home, you would argue, whereas it seems as though, yeah, Bobby's got, you know, the dad that left, but I mean, he's kind of obviously got his mum and what, like 317,000 sisters and is Maddie the only brother and like, I don't know, like they're, they're more of a, a family unit cohesively. Whereas uh, I think kind of, as we learn, obviously Bosco has one brother, his mum and dad just were not that cohesive parents. So definitely similarities. Uh, I would absolutely have loved to see more with Bobby and Bosco. You know, I like the interactions between random characters that don't necessarily interact a lot. And Bobby and Bosco, are. Uh, two characters that barely interact on the grand scheme of things, are they? Like, they, yeah. how many Bobby and Bosco scenes do we get? Barely any. We so, barely any, so I mean... I'm trying to think. When, when do we get any Bobby Bosco scenes? I don't remember. The I only walk- one I'm thinking of is, you hurt your hip or something? You're walking funny. Like, that scene? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we cover that. I mean, I would say... Uh, I don't know, that's interesting. I mean, I don't... I'm trying to find a way I could explore it, but I'm trying to think. I mean, because they don't really touch on it either. I mean, it's pretty kind of out there. Like, I like how she touched on it. That just shows that she's very observant as well. I love that. You know? Yeah. I, uh... But, but, I mean, Bosco's not the type of guy that you really see going out having a beer with someone after work, is he? <laughs> like, I mean, he kind of... No, I mean, no. To a level, yes, but he's more that... Like, I mean, we will see that in future episodes, that if he does go out drinking with people, he's the one who ends up being the, the kind of dick who, like, you know, people, after, like, an hour of drinking with him, it's like, oh, God, just go away, Bosco. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, he's he just... He seems to be the... the that kid in class that was just always the, the bit of the troublemaker that, you know, people didn't necessarily hate. He wasn't going to get bullied or anything, but he was just on the side, and he's like, oh, God, that guy's annoying. That is true. I mean, I'll... Okay, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> okay, now, um, I will say, and you're better at this than I am, later down in some, a few seasons, maybe four or five, you get more of Bosco's brother in the storyline. And there are similarities when it comes to, like, Bobby's brother and how... They, both the big brothers have to save the little brothers, save them in a certain, not necessarily save them, but kind of step in a little bit. Yeah. You know, so I will say that. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, thanks for the question, Barb. And to anybody who wants to kind of pose questions like that to us, we always, you know, like a, a good little challenge. It's, it's good to get these in. And, uh, you know, apologies if we take some time to uh, get them in. you gotta, you got to realize, I guess, to, to spoil the illusion of these shows, people, is that sometimes we don't necessarily record them week to week. So we will record them in blocks. So uh, we obviously will get questions in that maybe you're thinking, oh, God, he's taking forever to answer my questions. But we are getting to them gradually. So uh, everybody who uh, listens, if you do want to send us in, we appreciate it. We'd love to get get uh, some more of these in to talk about it because again when else do we get to talk about third watch it, it doesn't happen because 
really we're the only ones that ever want to talk about it. So uh, we'll be back for the episode entitled Ohio. In the meantime, like, subscribe, comment, and uh, questions, feedback. We appreciate it. Brandy, um, I don't generally thank you, so I'm not going to do that because this isn't what we used to do on shows. We end this in a different way. Just ignore what I said because I'm going to end this by saying my name is Ben, and all I've done in this episode is gab, 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 gab. Oh, Benny took mine. Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I'll, hang on. I'll backtrack then. My name is Ben and food now. Ah, uh, there you go. And my name is Brandy and gab, 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 gab. That's what we do on this podcast. I'm kidding, but stay tuned to the next episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.